The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hello to you, Mitch. And this week on the show, we'll be talking about the amazing 8-0 run that the Suns went on down in the bubble. We'll highlight the games against the Thunder, 76ers, and Mavericks. After that, the Suns bring home some bubble hardware. We'll talk about those awards. And we'll end the show by discussing the draft lottery, which is coming up on the 20th. That's a little sooner than everyone's thinking. So things to look forward to already. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. And for our last Twitter shout-out of the season, shout-out to Connor Luce. That's at Connor Luce, L-O-O-S. 55 on Twitter. Our question was how many assists will the Suns have as a team against the Mavericks in our last regular season game? The team had 34 assists and Connor guessed 33. So shout out to you, Connor. Everyone go follow him on Twitter. Uh, As for the bet between the two of us, I also went undefeated in the bubble, just like the Suns. So Charlie guessed 26 and I guessed 27. So I was technically closest. So we got that. That's our last trivia shout out bet question of the season. But feel free to tweet at us anytime at Sunny and PHX pod with trivia of your own or really anything. I'll respond. (laughs) All right, let's get into the last three games of the bubble. We'll just touch on these pretty quickly. We don't need to dive too deep, but we'll start off with the Thunder game. And this was a win, 128-101. to And in this one, the Thunder were resting pretty much all of their starters aside from Chris Paul. And this is the game where Aiton had missed his COVID test the day before and wasn't available for the start of the game. And it was kind of funny seeing Aiton make it into the gym and riding the exercise bike in the corner trying to get loose. But we were really missing him. And the Thunder came out ready to play. It was 37-23 to 23 after that first quarter. And this may have been the most nervous I was feeling as a Suns fan during our eight games. Yeah, it was also funny because the day before in an interview, he talked about how he's really maturing and becoming more mentally strong and just having his head in the game more. And then this happens. <laughs> right, that's tough. But, you know... We have to wonder why Aiton missed his COVID test. Was it due to the long podcast interview with Woj? Can we Maybe. can we blame it on that? And but can you excuse that? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds like he just forgot, but I do think he has matured a lot. Everyone makes mistakes. 
he's got more maturing to do, but he has matured a lot, especially during during the bubble, I think. So, you know, I, I can agree with that, but this still burns me. How do you miss a COVID test in a bubble due to COVID? Like everything that's happening is to make sure that you guys are safe and sound and able to play basketball. And then you miss a test. I, how does he do that? And then how do the Suns do that? How does the team allow that to happen? I watched a few of Matisse Thibel's bubble videos on YouTube. And when they'd go get tests, it looks like it was a good chunk of the team all going into a testing room at the same time to do it. So, you know, maybe a little buddy system or there's a coach to keep everybody accountable for that. I don't know what that is, but that could have been very costly to us when you look at how this whole bubble ended up. But, you know, thankfully, we can just put it behind us. We got this win. Yeah, and I think the big takeaway from this, and we don't need to go into stats too much or anything. We all saw these games. Um, But my big takeaway from this was in the past, pre-bubble, this is a game we would have lost or at least gone down to the wire. You know, we were down early. The Thunder were playing a bunch of guys who don't play that much. They were super motivated. They were trying to win, plus Chris Paul's out there. But we are able to turn things around and win 128-101. to That's a sign of a maturing team. Right, and you see the first quarter score, 37-23. to That's when the Suns normally just roll over and it's all over. But the final three quarters of this game, we outscored them by 10 in the fourth, uh, 16 in the third, and 15 in the second. We just stomped them after that. And is it a coincidence that as soon as DeAndre Ayton comes on the floor, he the, the tide of the game just turns? He scores 10 points in 17 minutes on the court, but just the the plus of plus minus of 22, it just shows that he is such a big difference maker. Even if he's not having a great statistical game, we we rely on him to protect the paint and rebound. Yeah, his defensive presence makes a difference for sure. And on top of that, Booker has 35, which for him is just a walk in the park expected, no big deal at this point. Bridges and Johnson have 18 each. Dario Saric has 16 points. I mean, that'll do it. That'll do it. And don't forget campaign with 14, who was so good for us off the bench. This entire, all but one game, campaign just looked amazing out there. And that, yeah. was, that was so much fun. We have to keep him. I think so, too. I... I don't see how you give him up after something like this. And I believe we have him on a team option heading into next year. And it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a pretty cheap deal too. So with the, you know, we don't know if Ty Jerome's going to be ready next year. Uh, Javon Carter is a restricted free agent. So, and Elio Kobo is a free agent too. We're going to have to see what happens. Yep. It'll be interesting, but yeah, I mean, I like pain over all those guys. Absolutely. Right now, at least. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move it on to the next game against the 76ers. And another one where we're kind of gifted a a weak starting lineup from the opposing team. They were without 
Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Embiid, and obviously Simmons in this one. But the the main takeaway in this one is Devin Booker goes for 35 again, and you can see throughout the bubble, these were Devin Booker's playoffs. This team was playing like it was the playoffs, and we were able to just lean on him to get the job done. Not taking anything away from anybody else, but obviously Devin Booker was just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he puts up 35 points and you don't even notice it. You know, it, it's so like simple. And he hit some shots in this game that were kind of unbelievable. But you're like, oh, yeah, it's Devin Booker. That's what he does. Yeah. The the arsenal of Devin Booker was on full display. We saw everything down in the bubble. We saw the three pointer get going, especially in one game where he hit seven. We saw him dunk on a couple guys, Siakam, and a, who was that? A couple guys on the Mavs? I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, and, and then on Cork Moss. Oh, yeah. He dunked really hard on him in this right. game, yeah. Yeah, we just saw so much out of Book, and it was it was a great time. Yeah, I mean, 35 points, no big deal. Also, nine rebounds and seven assists. He's going to get a triple-double one day. I can't believe so. he hasn't. I know. I, I really can't believe he's it. been so close. And then Mikhail Bridges too has just been on fire and he had 24 in this one on eight for 10 shooting. He, the ones that he missed were threes too. He was three for five from three. So like they just couldn't stop bridges. It was awesome. Right. And a little revenge after the draft and trade away from his mother. And as she's an employee with the 76ers, That's that, right. that whole story is just so crazy, but it sure is working out for us. And, I mean, Zaire Smith, he's such a question mark still. The 76ers don't even know what they got with him yet. So mm-hmm. I don't mind giving up that pick plus that future pick to get Bridges because he's oh, yeah. looking to be everything we need in a starting small forward for yes. the next decade. It worked out so well. He has been so good. And, I mean, I, I will, like take accountability for this. I was not sold on him at the beginning of this season. I was like, I don't know if he's that great. He's a good defender. Yes. But is he going to be anything more than that? And he fixed his shot. He's been getting to the rim really well. He's three and D yes, but like more than that now, like he's becoming more than that. And he's just been great. And I'm so happy I was wrong. Right. I I love that. He's getting the, the mid-range in-between game going too. It's not just a three or it's not just a layup. He can uh, he can get his own shot off the dribble, out of a post. He's just so long, he can get his shot over everybody. It seems like he's realizing that and it's starting to work out now. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, we just have this core of guys who are such a bright future, you know? And these aren't guys who have question marks. It's not a potential thing anymore. It's guys that we know are really good. I mean, Cam Johnson may be the biggest question mark, but like he's been very good. Yep, he came alive in the bubble too. He just he looks so big and strong compared to what mm. we we think of when we think of Cam Johnson, and right. that's going to be huge for him in the NBA and this lineup being able to get slotted in at the four and not get bullied around. Beginning of the year, would you have wanted to see Cam Johnson guard? Any NBA power forward? Probably not. No, no. But yeah, he was guarding like Paul George in this, you know? Right. And like Kawhi too. 
Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy watching Booker and or Cam Johnson step up to guard either PG or Kawhi in that game, whoever McHale wasn't guarding. Mm-hmm. What a what a big step forward for those guys who are not known for defense. Right, I know it. And we're gonna get Kelly Oubre back next year. Yes, that's it, it's so crazy to think about. This was all without Oubre and Baines. Just yeah. got to keep reminding ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, we're good. But yeah, I mean, we beat the Sixers. And again, this is another game that should we have won it? Yes. I mean, we were favored by quite a bit in this game. And we did what we had to, you know. We scored 130 points. In the past, this is a game we could have lost 117 to, I don't know, 98 or something. We've right. seen games like this over and over and over, but it seems like those days are behind us. Right. And, you know, when the three ball is dropping, that really helps us out, too. We yes. shot pretty poorly throughout the the regular, regular season. But once we get to the bubble, we were shooting it pretty nice. Yeah. And as a team, the Suns just had the best free throw shooting season ever. Yes. Ever. Yep. That's crazy. And imagine if we would have shot as many free throws as other teams did. (laughs) Hey, actually, actually, I think we're pretty, we might be in top 10 in free throws shot on the season. Yeah, we probably are. It's surprising. (laughs) But then if you look at the free throws allowed, how many we gave up to other teams, I bet we'd be negative. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) but yeah no our free throw shooting was awesome well that's the kind of thing that'll make or break games you know if you miss five or six free throws in a game that's the difference between a win and a loss sometimes absolutely Mm -hmm. okay and the last game of the bubble against the dallas mavericks this was obviously a game that we had to win and we were lucky that they sat out Kristaps porzingis take a little bit out of there but they still started Luka Doncic. And, you know, we had, we were in control of this game from pretty much the tip-off. But Luka goes for 18 points in 13 minutes, seven free throws in 13 minutes. I am sure glad he didn't play this whole game. <laughs> yeah, that could have been really rough. But, no, I mean, we did what we had to. I really would have liked for Karis LeVert to hit that shot. Uh, to win the game. I mean, that was the difference. Uh, I shouldn't say that. The Suns could have won five more regular season games before the bubble, and this wouldn't have even been an issue. Right. But, you know, we we had to beat the Mavericks, and then we had to have either the Grizzlies or the Blazers or both lose. And the Grizzlies destroyed the Bucks. Giannis was suspended for headbutting someone. Um the, the Nets played a good game. It was very close. It came down to the last shot. But the Blazers ended up winning by one. And then, you know, the Blazers beat the Grizzlies to be the eighth seed. So, I don't know. I really would have liked to make the playoffs. But we did absolutely everything we could have in the bubble. And I, I can't be mad at that. How funny is it that a Brooklyn Nets versus Portland Trailblazers game was the most important basketball game for the Suns in a decade <laughs> yeah really the Brooklyn Nets and yeah it was really cool to see every Suns fan on social media become a hardcore Brooklyn Nets fan and we saw Booker shout out Tyler Johnson in the Nets saying he's a big fan yeah that, it was so cool it, it 
the vibe felt, man, I was just so excited for everything. It and was. I was rooting hard for the Nets in that game. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I bought a Karis Levert jersey at halftime. <laughs> and then I, and then I canceled the order after the game. But, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, no, that was, that was a blast. I mean, yeah, we, we haven't had that. We haven't cared about. I mean, we care about basketball, but we haven't truly cared about a game that much in such a long time. Right. And right. I mean, no hard feelings towards the Nets. No. They had they had no reason to even compete in that game, but they still went out there. They gave it their all and they almost got us into the playoffs. Right. I know. Yeah, I'm not mad at the Nets. I, I'm not even really mad at the Blazers. I wouldn't say I'm mad at anyone. I think Monty Williams has put this so well over and over. We put ourselves in this position. You know, we could have won. There were a lot of games we could have won before the bubble, and we didn't. We put ourselves in a position where we had to win everything and have a bunch of different stuff go right, and almost everything did. But, I mean, we can take this with us for next year and see every single regular season game counts. Right. And the the bubble was magical. I think yeah. 20, 21 out of 29 games, I think it is. And that could be off, but it's really close to that. That many games went in our favor. Things that propelled the Suns closer to the play-in game. 21 out of 29 games. I, normal Suns luck, we get five out of those 20 right. games to go our right. way. So it, it was a mad, it was magical. We, we can't be upset. Because we literally did everything we could down there, so there's nothing to hang your head about. But it, it, it comes down to the regular season, and we just got to not put ourselves in that position again. That's right, yeah. And I think we're in that spot. I I think I said this on Twitter. I probably said it on Reddit. This is a turning point for our franchise. In the bubble, we learned how to actually be focused, how to win, how to you know put our hundred percent effort into basketball. And I think we're going to take this with us and guys are going to be able to call each other out. And we're going to be able to talk about, remember in the bubble, we did this when we were in the bubble, we need to keep doing that. And right now we have a system in place with Monty Williams as our coach and James Jones as our GM, that if guys are not going to do that, there's going to be consequences, right? You might get shipped out of Phoenix pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Our culture has changed. It has changed, and it's all due to Monty Williams. Maybe Kelly Oubre had something to do with it, but I'm going mm-hmm. 95% thank you, Monty, on that. And let's oh, yeah. talk about Monty, the coach of the bubble. A Suns coach wins an award in the NBA. It feels so nice, and Monty has done so much to put this team all on the same page to get them to get our leader Devin Booker prepared to win games like this and then getting everybody in line behind him to make sure it happens. And maybe maybe I don't know if you want to say oh you're just leaning on a stud. Monty's doing what needs to be done to win and I'm I'm so happy with literally everything this team is doing right now. Yeah. Monty Williams is one of the best things that has happened to us, probably the best thing that's happened to us since Devin Booker. Yeah. And I mean, it's his impact is going to be huge. This is only the beginning for Monty. 
you know, the first year of coaching, you're still getting to know your guys. And he knew some of these guys before, but you're really getting to know your guys. You're implanting, implementing, implanting, whatever word you want to use, your system, I guess, implementing, implementing your system. You're doing all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, moving forward, he's going to have so much more, I guess, control He's going to have a lot more ability to do what he wants to move this team in the right direction. And I watched an interview with him where he talked about how his experience in Philadelphia, his experience in OKC has really changed the way he does things. And he says, I had to listen more. I talked, he said, when I was in New Orleans, I talked too much. I talked way too much. I had to learn how to listen. Then I can do my thing. You know, he has just taken all his experience and now is applying all of it. Yeah, and it's hard not to, as a Suns fan, just to not be absolutely in love with Monty after this bubble, just because of a a few little video snippets. The one after Devin Booker's game winner, Monty Williams is by far the most excited guy in the locker room. He's screaming literally screaming in excitement after the game and would igor have done that no of course not or jay triano no No. monty like he and he allowed himself to enjoy that like a player and i think that's really cool yeah monty has that balance that we've been looking for of like he has the ability to relate to players enough but he also has the accolades, the tenure, the experience to be respected and trusted. Because like Earl Watson, could he relate to the players? Yeah, probably too much. And he was not respected or trusted and he didn't have the basketball knowledge. You know, Igor and Jay Triano, they just couldn't really relate to the guys. You know, now we've got that perfect balance. Well, and I, I will say Igor had a lot of basketball knowledge. Did he apply it perfectly for the Suns? No, but he had that knowledge. Jay Triano has a lot of basketball knowledge, but Monty is this perfect in-between of those things. Right. And another big thing about Monty that we got to see was the talk in the locker room after the team goes undefeated in the bubble. And like you said earlier, he said, we need to be in control of this. Uh, Everything he said there, I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be his player. I wanted oh, yeah. him to be my coach is how it made me feel. Like yeah. I, I'm ready to go work with this guy over the summer so we can do this next year. Yes. And and I mean, he's talking to the team, and then he takes a minute to, to single out Devin Booker. He says, we've been through a lot. This organization has been through a lot. You've been through a lot, And as he points to Devin. And I mean, he he knows. The, the team knows. The team they went through all this stuff, but Devin's the only one that's been a son since Devin was drafted, just getting dumped on and dumped on and dumped on. Oh, great numbers. You don't deserve an award because your team stinks. Sorry, bro. Like Mm -hmm. how many years of that? And then Monty Williams comes in, wins coach of the year in the bubble, turns these guys around and Hey, look what he does. He gets Devin Booker named to the first bubble team, first Mm -hmm. team, all bubble. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I mean, to point that out and Booker has been through more than a lot of NBA players ever will go through, you know, 
And Monty pointing that out and giving him that credit is awesome. You know, Monty has said a few things that have really stuck out to me. One thing he said in an interview, I think we were maybe 4-0, 5-0 around there. And someone, the, the interviewer asked, are you really happy down here? Your team's doing so well. Are you super happy? Are you like having fun? I think the question was, are you having fun? And he's like, I won't say I'm having fun. We're not here to have fun. He's like, I'm watching film. I'm doing everything. We're working really hard. We're here to win games and do what we have to to try to get on get into the playoffs. Then he qualified it a little bit. He said, I'm very excited for how we've been. He said, I'm pleased with how we're playing. I'm really excited. But I thought that was a good answer because he could have easily said, oh, yeah, I'm going swimming every day and I'm watching DJ Jazzy Jeff Green or whatever. <laughs> he could have said all that. He could have said, this is great. But no, he said, I wouldn't say it's fun. Like, I'm, I'm working. We're trying to win every game. And I really liked that. But I liked how he did have the positive spin at the end of like, I'm really excited for our guys. We're playing well and we're going to keep it up. Right. And man, I'm just excited for next year. Monty just coached this team for a year. He knows what needs to be improved. And, you know, free agency coming up. Maybe we bring in some improvements. We have a lottery pick. Yeah. We're yeah. adding to the equation. We're not we're not taking away and we're not going to rely on a high lotto pick to come save our team anymore. So I, I'm ready to see what Monty has in store for next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the most excited I've been about the Suns in a decade plus, probably. Yeah, 100 percent. And that year where we had the we were the best team ever to not make the playoffs. Mm hmm. That that was exciting, but now we it's have not like this. We have we have super we have like two superstar caliber guys now. Yeah. In Booker and Aiden, we have a coach that we love and trust in Williams, and I mean, look at all the pieces around. There's, it's looking right. so good. I mean, we've got Ricky Rubio playing the best basketball of his life, shooting 36 percent from three this season, which yes, that's not what Rubio does, but he does right. now. Right. We have Mikhail Bridges coming into his own, becoming uh, a, an elite defender and a serviceable option on offense. We have Cam Johnson. We have bench players. I'll just loop all these bench players in together who are actually playing together, playing well, not putting up three, five, six points, putting up 10, 16, 18 points off the bench, playing well together. We have, we still have some potential, you know, I'm not going to go too far into this, but Jalen LeCue, whatever, like it, we have that, but we're not relying on it, you know, because in the past, a guy like Jalen LeCue would have started games for us. <laughs> so we're in a position where, okay, he can be the exciting young guy. Good thing we sold our G League team, but oh my gosh. Um, I, I want to talk about that, but I don't even know where to start with it. I know, I know. There there were talks that we were going to just move the team into Phoenix because it made financial sense. And I was like, yeah, that does make sense. Why don't why don't you just put them in Phoenix? And then the news that they sell the G League team. It's so weird. Yeah, but whatever. We have we have a little bit of potential that we're not having to rely on. We have what's looking like a serviceable backup point guard in campaign. We've seen him play for eight games, so I'm not putting too much into that yet. But 
he's looking better than a lot of our backup point guards have in the past. From the past, yeah, for sure. Yes, which the bar is not high, but it's uh, we have so much positive stuff to look forward to. And then Aaron Baines and Kelly Oubre didn't play a single minute in the bubble, and we still did all of this. Oh, it feels good. Even though the season's over, it still feels good. I yeah. didn't expect to be feeling this optimistic at the end of the bubble, but here we are. I thought we were going to win three games at best. That's what we both said right before the yeah. bubble. We said three and five, four and four if we get lucky. Mm-hmm. But we <laughs> went eight and now. <laughs> oh, I love being wrong. Oh, love I love being wrong. I know. <laughs> All right. Booker, first team all bubble, was in was in consideration for bubble MVP. Damian Lillard wins that, and, I mean, we could argue that, but I'm not going to. How do you not give it to Dame? Right. I mean, he had 61 points one night. He had 50 one night. He hit every shot he had to. Yeah, he, he was great, and they were, they're the ones moving into the playoffs, so... I, I can Fine. be over that. Fine. But the dude obviously deserves first team all bubble because he he didn't quite carry us every game, but if he had to, he would have. Oh, yeah. I mean, he averaged 30 points a game in the bubble. He was unreal. I, he did it in his sleep, too. It looked so effortless. Now, he was doing things where... We hadn't seen it before, and it looks like this is what a, a playoff booker looks like. And it's patient. He doesn't waste a dribble. And he's he's going to get to a spot where he knows he can score from. And if he can't, he'll dish it. I mean, yeah. he's playing such smart ball, and I think you can agree with that. He's shooting 50% from the floor. So I consider that smart basketball if you're shooting if you're making more than half of your shots. Oh, yeah. And then the playmaking, six assists per game. We saw some just heady passes that just gets guys wide open, and that's fun to watch. He does that with Rubio on the floor, too. Six assists yeah. alongside Ricky Rubio. Yes. And, and he grabs five rebounds a game. He, he deserves this all-first team, and I hope... This uh, I hope it makes him hungry and say, I don't want a bubble award. I want all NBA first team next year. Oh, yeah. He's going to get it. And, yeah, on the topic of assists, Booker did average six. Rubio averaged just about eight assists. That's awesome, you know. I think we led the league in assists per game, like team assists per game too, you know. We were We were dishing the ball very well, and guys were catching it and finishing, you know. Yeah. There were a couple times where, like uh, the nutmeg that Rubio had to Dario. I'm yeah. sure we've all seen that play. In the past, if you give that to Marquise Chris, he's going to miss that shot. Or, you know? or Alex Len, obviously. Yeah, Alex Len isn't going to catch it. Marquise Chris probably won't catch it. Dragon Bender would miss a layup, or he would dribble and go out to the three-point line and airball a three or something. <laughs> you know, But Dario Saric can make a layup. You know, we're not asking for very much and we're, we're getting it. We're making the simple plays. Yeah. And it, it's a big chunk of that is due to all the attention that Booker draws because I mean, they, they did a few freeze frames on Fox sports, Arizona, where Devin Booker gets into the lane. There's literally five defenders all looking straight at him, waiting for him to shoot. And then 
that's easy assists. Someone's going to be open. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we're in a good spot and not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I see us making the playoffs next year. And, you know, the first thing people say are the Warriors are coming back next year. But, I mean, who says that someone else doesn't take a step back? Or who says we don't improve by 15 wins? Right. That's not impossible. Right. No. And, I mean, look at teams that are ahead of us. Memphis, I mean, they did not look great. And I know they had some injury stuff, but we're better than that team. Portland, I mean, they had some injuries too, but they got pretty healthy. I don't think they're going to be as good next year. Utah, Utah fell apart. And yes, they've had a lot of injuries and just things, pretty much everything went wrong for the Jazz. But I think we've seen Donovan Mitchell is not as good as everyone thought. And I think they're going to take a step back. Teams like that, that could take a step back next year, say we win 40 games, that's going to be playoff territory for us. And this might be stretching it a little bit, but even think about the Rockets. That's such a weird team. And now D'Antoni may not be back next season, so they might need to bring in a new coach. And who says that that coach wants to run five, six, six or shorter guys all the time that Mm -hmm. who knows what might happen with them, but uh, you can probably lean on Harden and Westbrook to get you some wins. You probably can, but But maybe we're better than them next year. The Rockets could turn into the Blazers. You know, who knows? Yeah, Uh, we could be better than them. We won 34 games this year. Winning 40 is not that it's different. Yeah, six wins is is a big difference. But it's not like I'm saying we have to win 14 more games or anything. We're talking a six game difference, I think, to to be a playoff team. You know, well, and there's and we're technically seven games short of an 82 game season. So, right. We could have won more. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, Booker wins first team because Monty wins coach of the year. Monty wins coach of the year because our entire team showed up and played every game. It was so much fun. Yeah. I hope there's never another NBA bubble, but. Right. Man, this was a blast. Oh, yeah. Coronavirus wise, I really don't want to do this again. I hope we don't have to. Never. But it, it was so fun. The NBA did such a great job with this all right and we'll touch on one last thing here the draft lottery it's coming up on thursday already the 20th and as of now the suns have 10th best odds which you know could have very well dropped had we made the playoffs so tankathon put out a tweet last week where they said the suns have a chance of either making the playoffs or having a 15 percent chance at getting a top four pick so that feels pretty win-win to me, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'd rather be playing basketball still, but knowing we have the 10th best odds still feels pretty nice. We can still build, we can still improve, and stay young. Right. So, yeah, like you said, we'll have the results of this lottery on Thursday, but it, let's say we get even pick 11, 10, 11, 12, around there. That would be great, you know? Even 14 is fine. We have taken some great guys. I mean, Booker is the obvious one, but that's, I mean, that's not going to happen on a regular basis, but like Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, we've had a lot of these guys in that like mid first round range that have worked out very well for us. So I'm, I'm pretty encouraged 
by our odds. And yeah, it'd be great if we could move up to like six or eight or something, but I, I don't really anticipate that, you know, I, I'm looking at the odds. It's like 15% is still pretty low, you know? Yeah. So, but whatever happens, we're going to be in a good spot and it'd be great to draft, you know, a backup point guard, backup shooting guard, maybe depending on what happens in free agency, which obviously we won't know for a little bit, but maybe a power forward, just see what's available. Isn't it funny how recently we were complaining that the top four odds are all the same to get the number one pick. And we were so worried about that. And now it's good for us because yeah. we're, we're not as bad all of a sudden. It's yeah. <laughs> The That's a good point. NBA lottery and draft as a Suns fan is just a roller coaster. It is, it is. But yeah, now we're in that spot where it's like, yeah, if we got the 11th pick, I'd be happy with it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, since the bubble, it felt like heading pre-bubble, heading into the offseason, I was thinking we're going to need a point guard. We definitely need a backup point guard behind Ricky. We don't have any backup shooting guards. We're pretty good at the three spot. We could use a four. And if we're bringing back Baines, we're good at the five. But now, post-bubble, I think Cameron Payne played really well. He could be an NBA backup point guard that we could be content with. And then at power forward, Dario Saric is our guy off the bench now. He played so well in the bubble, This it just makes sense. I think we just turned into a best player available team. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if we take another wing, we take another wing and we run three wings at a time. I mean, we can basically already do that, you know, I Where think we run Johnson, Ubre, and Mikhail all together. Right. And if there's one guy in this draft who I peg as a James Jones guy, it's Devin Vassell out of Florida state. And he could be a guy who maybe he runs a little backup too behind Booker, but he has the size to be a three. That lets, you know, maybe we go all in with Oubre and Johnson both playing the four. That kind of spreads things out nicely. And I don't know if I had to pick one guy I have my eye on. If we were picking 10th, I'm thinking Vassal personally. Yeah, I could see that. Um, most of the Gonzaga guys decided uh, to go back to school. <laughs> so have to find a way in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really have a ton to say about the draft at this point because the majority of those Zags decided to go back to school, which, <laughs> who knows? We might not even have college basketball next year at all. So, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Oh, yeah. But with that, we will be moving to our non-sports section of the show. So, most of the listeners here know that my wedding is coming up pretty soon here. And obviously it's going to look a little bit different than we originally intended because of COVID, but there's still going to have to be some music. So my question is, what are your favorite songs to get the dance floor moving at a wedding? I have a playlist going already and I have some, some bangers on there, but I want to hear from all of you so I can add to this playlist. (laughs) This is a good one. Let's yeah. At Sunny and PHX pod. We need some suggestions here. Um, I'll go with my number one though. And it's, it's up there on my favorite songs of all time. And this probably won't surprise you. And I wouldn't be surprised if it weren't already on your list, 
but September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that, that gets the mood flowing for sure. So I, I got to say that one. Yeah, that's a very good one. Um, let me just look at this playlist, and I'll, I'll pick a couple on here that I really love um, that I think are going to get the dance floor moving. Um, let's see here. Okay, I'll go with a couple classics, and then I'll go with some new ones that I really like. So classics, Mo Money, Mo Problems. That's a great <laughs> one. Uh, so my fiance's sister had that her wedding, which was a little over a year ago now. And that one really got the dance floor moving. And then I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. You yeah. have to. You have yeah. to have that. So those are two classics. And then newer songs, Don't Start Now, Dua Lipa. I love that song. I really love what she does. Uh, I think that's going to be a good one. And then hmm, let's pick a slow one. Uh, Kuko is a guy who does like kind of poppy stuff, a little bit slow, maybe a little indie. He has a song called Lo Que Siento that I really like. Slower, like slow dance kind of thing. But that's a really good song too. So I'll throw those out there that are already on the list. I like that. Maybe you could throw in, and this is for the groom, obviously, uh, play that funky music. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, you know, I think that one gets it going, too. And just realizing, like, all of my songs like this kind of are generated from a long time ago. Or, you know, like, songs that I used to hear at, like, a high school dance and stuff are kind of what come to mind. So Mm -hmm. maybe I shouldn't be answering this for you. (laughs) <laughs> no these are good suggestions september is a great song yeah definitely. but yeah tweet at us i know i've asked that a lot today but you know where to find us if you're listening at this point you'll Any put a volfex song on there right um maybe well, maybe what? just for you <laughs> sure you yes. have if you want me to be in the wedding <laughs> You yes. gotta put one Wolfpack song okay. on the playlist. Okay, I will. I will. I'll put Dean Town or something. And we'll talk about oh, it. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk, talk about it off the pod. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. What a fun bubble. We really enjoyed it. It was really fun breaking down games and having something to look forward to again. And as Mitch has said five or six times, at Sunny and PHX Pod, that's Twitter and Instagram. Please hit us up. You know, wedding songs. What else? What else can you trivia? Trivia. General uh, chatter. Memes. Memes. Yeah, just do it up. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be going back in on the bubble a bit more, breaking down some individual performances and going further into the draft lottery, starting to pick out some guys we have our eyes on. So be sure to be tuning in through this Suns offseason. We'll see you next week. Go Suns.
when I wake up in the morning until I go back to sleep. How I wish you were mine. I think of you all the time. I always feel like I'm flying. Baby, you make me feel fine. Lost in the words that you say to me. Y pasando tiempo juntos is the ultimate dream. I'm on top of the world. Baby girl, can't you see? I found my perfect girl. I wanna make you my queen. Time and time again, I can't be feeling real sad. Cause mi sueño no se ha hecho una realidad. Pero el tiempo dirá, el tiempo dirá. If we go spend our lives together, lo que el mundo gira. I promise I don't want nobody else to be around me but you. And nobody's touch and nobody's lips can make me feel like yours do. Our hands interlock, nuestros labios se conocen. Nuestra noche es corta, pero hermosa, we'll be okay. Dreaming of you when I'm 